see, selling books in the country, I mean, if you self-publish books, that, wow, you had to print 100,000 books, 50,000, 5,000, whatever you thought you need, put them in the stores, then go out and market it and hope oh, to yeah. sell it. I said, as a small businessman, I couldn't do that. So I had to do it somebody else. And when you do it somebody else, you get 5%, 10%, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, then I figured out, hey, I didn't have to do that. What I would do, then I figured out, I go on Larry King and get my 800 number. And this is before anybody else was doing it. And then I'd have all the money before they'd have a book. a cup of coffee, a notepad and a pen. Coffee's for closers only. It's time to talk marketing. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Each week we bring you some of the best marketing conversations with entrepreneurs who are out thinking, outperforming, and out earning their competition. Show me the money! No frills, no fluff. And now your host, Jonathan Taylor. All right, welcome back to the show this week. I'm your host, Jonathan Taylor. I want to welcome everyone back. Uh, this week, I've got a fun guest joining me today to talk marketing. And if you're anyone that's my age in the Generation X range, you probably remember this guy back from the uh, from his popular uh, television commercials and infomercials. I have Matthew Lesko joining me today. And so this is going to be a lot of fun talking about personal branding with him and, and some of the things that he's done over the years to really promote himself. I always think of this guy as the um, the question mark, and I know a lot of people think of him as the question mark guy, or the guy that always had the question marks on his, uh, on his jackets, kind of like the old Riddler from the Batman days. Matthew is an uh, American author known for his publication, infomercials on federal grant funding. You probably remember a lot of the infomercials on how to get loans and how to get uh, grants through the government. And uh, his books made millions and millions of dollars. He's written over 20 books instructing people uh, how to get money from the U.S. government, widely recognized for recording uh, television commercials, infomercials, and interviews in a very colorful, decorative way using those, uh, those popular suits. I am very pleased to have him join me today. Matthew, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show and, and giving me some of your time. <laughs> my time's pretty cheap it's easy <laughs> it's great. oh man uh, well, something I want anybody who's interested in what I do I mean what could be better in life to have someone interested in what you're doing and absolutely I think that's, that's what we're all striving for yeah and, well and, you've and, done you you've done a lot of things over your age and I, I'd like to go back because I don't know much about your life uh, prior, and I know a lot of our younger listeners may not recognize you because obviously, uh, you know, these are the days after uh, infomercials and so forth. So maybe if you can back up, maybe share a little bit about your background as an author, uh, as a uh, as a publisher, and uh, maybe share a little bit about your early days before you became known as the uh, Matthew Lesko, the question mark guy, and uh, maybe share a little bit about the background, and then um, and go and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, it, it, I'm 72 already, so <laughs> we don't have enough time to cover that. <laughs> but, but it, you know, and I, I don't feel that. I mean, God, when I was, you know, 32, I would think 72 was dying. You know, now right. I feel just starting. I feel like a 25 year old starting all over again. But it, it, I mean, I, I got a, I wanted a business. I got a 
barely got through college, flunked English in college. I uh, was in uh, Vietnam, so I joined the Navy so I wouldn't get drafted. Three years, two months, nine days, got out. Got an MBA with the Vietnam money. Yeah. Uh, starting businesses, failing. I got an MBA in computers. I had a software company back in the 70s that failed. I started a consulting business called Washington Researchers, and it was the first information brokerage companies they called at the time. And what we do is get information for Fortune 500 clients. And I grew that thing from my, yeah, from my bedroom, <laughs> at a desk in my bedroom, wow. to about 30 people down on K Street. Uh, that was the only way to start a business at the time that didn't require capital. So now the internet is much different nowadays. But then a service business was it. So I started that. And what we wound up doing was for mergers and acquisitions people. And we're getting information from the government on money and information. For my Fortune 500 clients, I would get this free information. I would <laughs> package it, sell it to them for tens of thousands of dollars. And they would make millions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, wow, why doesn't everybody know? See, I didn't know anything about this information. Sure. And so then I said, after about five years of doing that, I, I got sick of helping rich people. I said, <laughs> how, how do I get the average person on the street to know about this stuff? So it was only through books. Right. And so I started writing books, and there were really reference books, and became two New York Times bestsellers, and I flunked English in college. So when my first book made the New York Times bestseller, I called my English teacher who flunked me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and then it just took off from there. And it's it just, to me, I just feel I'm educating people about stuff they don't know and the opportunities. Cause I see all the rich in this country take advantage of this stuff. They pay yeah. me tens of thousands of dollars to get stuff anybody get for free. I didn't know that either. Right. But I was hungry, and so I'd do anything. And then I said, God, people had to learn how to do this stuff. And, and this was and, back before you said this again. This is back. We're talking back before the days of the internet, where this yeah, information exactly. wasn't as easily accessible. You can't well, find it just by pulling it up. The Library of Congress was the biggest depository yeah. of information. Yeah. Wow. And, now, yeah, we get a Library of Congress every five minutes for information um, online. So it was different. And information, I've written books, how to cope with the information explosion back in the 90s. <laughs> did you self-publish these books or did they go through a traditional uh, I, did, I did about 12 within New York. Okay. Uh, and then I saw, man, the key at that time was getting on talk shows to yeah. sell your books. Right. And I figured that out. I would... Uh, I quickly realized talk shows don't care what you say, it's how you say it. So if you act like an asshole, you'll get TV time. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Controversy sells, right? Right. And, and that's all. So, I mean, I would, and my thing, I used to be a professor yeah. at computer science at college, and it was a great, students are working all day. And when I was teaching, I realized, God, they were coming after a day's work. Work and they could. If I couldn't keep them awake, I mm -hmm. couldn't teach them anything. Yeah. So that was my theory about doing talk shows. First of all, you know, I think talk shows are boring and everything. And first of all, I got to keep them awake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and then that and then talk shows love me. Larry King, I must have done a, you know, half a dozen times. Oh yeah. Letterman, half a dozen times or whatever. Oprah and all these kinds of things. They people would use me when somebody canceled. Mm -hmm. You know, at the last minute, you know, they know I'd get on a plane and go anywhere. You know, oh, yeah. you're going to give me five minutes of free national network time. Sure. <laughs> well, now, how 
so they, you know, when somebody, they had a major guest cancel, obviously they would call you up. How did you get in front of them in the first place? I mean, yeah. you know, somebody that's, uh, you know, obviously just published, uh, just published a book. What was your kind of the key back then of, of even getting on the know. radar? Yeah, it, well, just longevity, you know, I'm yeah. just doing books, my first book, and, and because I was so entertaining, I think, that's what people liked me, so if I came into town, people would have me, and right. I had a new book, they'd have me, and I was doing like almost, you know, a book every year or two, Yeah, and and then being in Washington, D.C., like Larry King, I'd even go down to Larry King's show, and they'd have some big guest on, even had an hour show, they'd put me in the green room, and they'd have this big fancy guest, and they usually have a half hour each and they asked the guest at the end of the half hour if he would stay for an extra half hour mm-hmm. and in case he said no i was in the green room <laughs> that was See? great that's fantastic yeah. but i'd go home i don't care i'd go down and sit there for a half hour and then they'd owe me one you yeah know, and i'd come back another time so sometimes you would stay there and they wouldn't obviously they, they wouldn't would, use me they right? wouldn't even use you but you were down there just in case right. and that paid I off i was a bitch hitter <laughs> my biggest thrill is who am i substituting for <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's fantastic yeah. so you were always on standby it didn't always pan out sometimes but occasionally yeah. you did get you did get that opportunity yeah. and then i learned how to make money well He's selling books in the country. I mean, if you self-publish books, that, wow, you had to uh, print 100,000 books, 50,000, 5,000, whatever you thought you need, put them into stores, then go out and market it and hope oh, to yeah. sell it. Right. I said, as a small businessman, I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know? So I had to do it somebody else. And when you do it somebody else, you get 5 10%, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, then I figured out, hey, I didn't have to do that. What I would do, then I figured out, I'd go on Larry King and get my 800 number. And this is before anybody else was doing it. And then I'd have all the money before they'd have a book. <laughs> That's fantastic. So yeah. you would take the orders in and uh, then exactly. and then use it, that towards it, printing. It, it, was, it was crowdfunding before crowdfunding. Was That's fantastic. <laughs> So, yeah, because these people, you know, obviously you, you got, uh, you got the orders in and then how fast after those orders came in, were you able to get those printed and and sent out? And more importantly though, you're getting all the money more importantly. Yeah. uh, You're getting the money up front. It is. Yeah. So you basically, everything was ready to, ready to print. All you needed to do was to get the upfront funding from the orders. Yeah. And actually before that I was even. I would advertise a book before I have it because I find out, uh, you know, only about one out of 10 books. I've written really about a hundred books and about 10 have made money. Yeah. And so I'm wrong 90% of the time. And so I was putting ads in the paper about this book is out, you know, and send, you know, the 39.95 or whatever, like in the Wall Street Journal and things like that to see if there was a market. I wouldn't cash the checks. I'd give the checks back. But if it looked like I could make money at it, then I'd do the book. Because it's easy, uh, you know, you got a million ideas sure. to do things, and you know, you can spend a year doing a book. That, Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, and that's what's great about the economy now. Things like Kickstarter, you don't have to do a book at that. Yeah, you it's can like, get it funded up front. Exactly before you do it, you don't have to need publishers anymore. I mean, it's a whole, it's a wonderful. <laughs> you can create your own channel on YouTube. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's what I've done too, because I got so much stuff. I want now, to how'd you come up with the idea? I'm curious. How'd you come up with the idea for the unique, uh, the question mark jacket? Who? I mean, yeah, where, where did that come suits, from? Yeah, I since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I was always a clothes horse. You mm-hmm. know, fancy clothes and yeah. things like that. And, 
so I always like flow. I mean, growing up in a town called Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania, it's sort of like Albany. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <Georgia>. yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. how they say it down there, right? Yeah, Albany. absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Albany, Georgia. I, I grew up in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. And I think my, my father had a garment factory. I hated factory. And, you know, to me, maybe I'd have a men's store or something, you know? Yeah. And that sounded boring, too, as I got older. Right. But, uh and I don't know, I love fancy clothes or whatever. And then it's something, I was always in the information business. So I had an MBA in computer science in 1975 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So information always excited me about the power of all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I realized that back then, it's the answers are easy, even before the internet. Yeah. You get an answer to anything. And now it's even worse because you get 5 million answers to anything, 100 million. And 80% yeah. of them are probably wrong. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, it's the questions that are more important, I feel, yeah. in our lives. So it, it's the questions that are important. Right. And and tell you, too, wearing this question mark suit is probably the most important thing I've ever done in my life, besides my kids and my mm -hmm. wife, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, only because they're listening. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to slip that in. But it, it is, it's amazing. I mean, something I didn't have the courage to do till I was in my 50s. I mm -hmm. wish I did it in my 30s. Mm -hmm. I lost millions of dollars when I first put it on. I was doing home shopping and things like that. I'd go down there and sell 30,000 books in two days, you know. Uh, and they wouldn't have me on the air with a question mark suit. They said, we're respectable. Uh, making, you know. And I got thrown off the air, thrown out everything. And just, but just something was in my... I wanted to do this more. I always wanted to do it. And I finally had the courage. And, and it, it, it was when I finally did it, then other doors opened that were right. incredible. That uh, sure, I got thrown off shows, lost money, but then so many other things happened. And even now, now the things happen to me every day of my life. I walk down the street. People maybe don't know my work, or they smile. Yeah. I can't wait to come up and say something. Or whatever. What it does to everybody is it may. I go out in the night. People come up and say hello. Want to talk? Want to know me? Even if they don't know my work, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, and if they know my work, then it makes them more comfortable to come up and tell me it's good, right. <laughs> which is nothing better than that. So what? Ch <laughs> what changed things for them? You say a lot of uh, people didn't think this was respectable. Was it when you started publishing your own? Uh, infomercials yeah. and getting those out there on TV that people started looking right. at that a little differently? Oh, yeah. Once, you know, that's why people, anything new, people, oh, can't do that. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And you have to get through that. And then you go and out and do it yourself. You said, okay, I'll, I'll do this myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's it. Like even now I went up to, at the time when I started wearing them to a uh, Harvard Business School called me up to give a lecture on branding yeah and it was so funny because i got up there and i said this has nothing to do with branding <laughs> <laughs> this is just me inside yeah you know and to me my whole life was trying to figure out what's inside me to bring it out right right you know and i think that's what we ha all have to do i mean i'm biased so don't trust me any expert you can't trust right but uh but in the beginning, when I was starting businesses that are all failing, I feel they were failing because I was trying to do them like other people have told me. We go through this education system and, and, and rely on experts and rely on all this other stuff, friends, family, and whatever, uh, for help. 
And they're guessing too. They don't know what the fuck they should be doing. How could they tell you what to do? Yeah. Right. And so we're all guessing. And, and, and because we're guessing, we'll take advice because we don't know what we're doing for sure. So we think right. somebody's smart and whatever. And see, the, the people who are getting paid the most to give advice have to make you believe they know what they're doing right. because that's how they get paid. Yeah. You know? If they say, shit, I don't know, it's, I'm guessing, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to charge a lot for that. Yeah, yeah. When in fact, that's the truth. You know, I think every expert down there, they have to know they're guessing. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, I see, you see this uh, played out all the time in products and everything that huh. we we see today. I mean, there's a brand of root beer called the best damn root beer. You know, you can find it <laughs> at a grocery store. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you're thinking to yourself, that's kind of, that's pretty bold, you know, for a company uh-huh. to do that. But, you know, somebody's got to do it, you know. Um, right. You know, somebody's got to put themselves out there and say, yeah, we are the best. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that remains in question. But you know what? They weren't afraid to put their label on it right. and uh, get it out there. No, I think now it's so And that's, to me, what uh, interesting me about Trump. I mean, he, he to me, he epitomizes what's really going on in this country. Yeah. You and the best way to be you know successful is don't believe experts and just balls and figure it out on the way. That Absolutely. And I think people, that's refreshing to a lot of people to, to see that yeah. because people are so tired of, uh, you know, flaky, uh, you know, flaky milk toast politicians that say the same thing or say a lot of stuff, but don't ever say anything. <laughs> and more importantly, but if you asked anybody, well, they all said he would win the last two weeks. Yeah. Yep. And so all the experts had him dead and buried a long time ago. Right. And that's why we have to realize experts aren't right. And, and because... And actually, I'm I'm, re- I'm collecting a lot of data on that. There's a good book that really analyzed all the medical journal discoveries that are published in medical journals. Mm-hmm. Only a third turned out to be right. Yeah. So two thirds are wrong. Right. You know? No, wrong. Not right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wrong. Not right. <clears throat> so let's let's talk about. I want to I want to hit on something real quick and and. And there's been a lot of people over the years that have been controversial. You know that you've you've obviously been a magnet for a lot of controversy. Uh, there's been people out there that have criticized. Why are you selling information that is uh, you, know, you know this man's making a fortune off of information that that's free and is available to the public. And you know what they don't understand is is that you know you've assembled it uh, into a an inf- you know a book that they can easily access all of this info. But, you know, obviously it doesn't come without criticism. People are always going to find something to criticize about. Um, what's been some of the biggest critics you've, you've dealt with in, in the info marketing industry yeah. and uh, how have you handled that over the years? Well, you learn to handle it. You know, it's not fun at the beginning uh, because you want everybody to like you for some right, reason. Sure. Um, but, you know, Tell you the truth, in my success, even in the beginning, I feel if you try to please everybody, then you ain't going to do nothing. Bingo. Yeah. And you really can't make a difference. You're not going to do anything. I mean, it, uh, I've been beaten up real bad. Yeah. Uh, it, but every time that happens, that's really the best things that happen to me in life because I realize I see how much I really do know. It shows me how much I do know uh, that people will find what's wrong with you no matter what. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and, it doesn't really matter. And really, when that happens, man, 
Uh, it, it, it's <laughs> that's what publicity lives off of. Oh yeah. <laughs> People, so, if it, if it's if it's uh, if it's red, it's or if it's uh, it it's ble- if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, and it is, it hurts at first, and sometimes because your mother wants you know to like, but boy, it, it oh gosh, it, it doesn't. And also, I realized I could say anything I want in advertising. They have all these rules about advertising and what you mm-hmm. cannot say and what you can say. Sure, I think that's bullshit. The thing about advertising, you could say anything. I could say I'll, I'll make a million dollars on Tuesday. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and as long as you don't take people's money, if they feel cheated, mm-hmm. where people get screwed up is they take all the money and, and they can't fulfill anything. And they they have, you know, five paragraphs of why they're not going to return your money. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you that's why I, feel, I, I don't need any lawyer to look at what I'm going to say on TV. I feel mm-hmm. if you don't like if you don't think I was right, I just give you the money back. <laughs> yeah. And then if you give everybody their money back, if they have any problem, then they don't complain. You know the rule, the uh, the secret to that is, and I I know this from a marketing standpoint is, I think that's great that you always offer that money back guarantee. But the statistics show that very few people actually take oh, advantage yeah. of that. Oh, that definitely. Yeah. So I mean that's a I mean it's a good thing for you, and it does build trust, and 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 that's 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 definitely something that well, everybody I should do. Felt, and that's even beginning when I started doing talk shows. I used to go on talk shows, take my book, and I say, you don't need this book, and I'll throw it somewhere you know, <laughs> i copy this i yeah. plagiarize you know and i admit i admit i play i i my first new york times bestseller i didn't write a word right i took a book from the government printing office cut and pasted it sent it to new york they edited it after the government just spent five million dollars though in it you know uh and it came out act like a fool on tv became new york times bestseller and i didn't write a lick see nothing in the government is copyrighted right so i just plagiarized the whole thing, cut and pasted it, and made a bestseller out of it. Bingo. But we, we all do that. You're in the media. I mean, we're all rearranging reality. Well, uh, most of that stuff is, is public domain, right? I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, in government. But yeah. even if it's not, I mean, you're, you're publishing a, a podcast. Yeah. And, and, and take it. People call me up if they found me to do it. But you're, you're, you're you know, they call them curators now. Is the oh, place. yeah. <laughs> yeah, curators of content. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That's just an easy way of saying it. I'm I'm pulling all you know. Yeah, I'm copying all this information that people are from all of these other. Uh, and that's going to be more important. Yeah, because uh, we got more and more information. I mean, <clears throat> problem to me with Google. I mean, bless its heart. I mean, I'm a database guy. And yeah. If you, but you have to know exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't, in other words, you're looking for. You know Matthew Lasko's article on whatever, and mm-hmm. and, and you find that. But to, if you how do how do I get free money to start a business? You go to Google. You're going to get 50 million websites. The first yeah. 34 pages will be people like me trying to get your money. You know you'll never run into the websites that really give out the money because right. they can't afford to figure out the algorithm to get on the front page. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it, it's. So to me, what it's doing is stopping people from doing things, right. not encouraging them. Because you think, hey, I can't do this unless I have to give somebody a lot of money to do it. Yeah, And you don't. So that's what I'm trying to do now is like, teach people how, when Google is good or bad or something. It's the same like, what is the answer to something? Right. But, you know, Google will tell you the most popular answer. But the po- most popular answer 
you know, is wrong. Everybody didn't think the market would crash a week before it crashed. You know, exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it's, yeah, it's a trap. You know, it's a trap for people who want to do stuff for growing life too. Yeah. So what's a, it, what's different? I'm just curious. I mean, you've seen a lot of changes just the last 20 years, obviously, and things, you know, in regards to uh, publishing, but also in regards to, you know, basically getting funded, you know, government funding and so forth. Now you, as we mentioned earlier, you got crowdfunding um, platforms that you can go from an idea to uh, with, with startup capital um, pretty quick and, uh, and really get your idea uh, launched into a product or, or, or what have you, what, what are some big changes you've seen and what are some, some, <clears throat> maybe some things that aren't so great that you've, um, you've noticed as it comes to funding, uh, you know, businesses, startups, and what are some things that are really good that you say, man, the technology's really been great. It, it is. I mean, I, I think it's wonderful. Like now I interviewed a guy yesterday. He's got something on bike. You, you, are you a bike guy? Are you a bicycle? Oh yeah. I love, okay. I love going biking, especially up okay. you know, in the well, mountains. We'll, we'll go to this guy's website. I forget. It's spin Lester or something. I forget. Uh, but you put your bike on there and you can make like two, 300 bucks a month when you're not using your bike. Somebody will rent it from you. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like, um, um, what is it? What's the service or whatever? <laughs> no, what's the ser- the uh, the service now? Um, Uber. Or Uber, yeah, Uber for bikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it is, right. and, and so it has helped that the stuff in your closet. You know, people would just buy online. You put a picture on it. You know? Right. Uh, it is, and it creates. What's so wonderful about the internet? It creates a market. Okay, so you want to be a dog walker. Or something like that, or take mm-hmm. care of dogs, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, I mean, now, man, people are taking care of two, three dogs while people are away or something, and making, you know, 30, 40 grand a year doing this. Yep. So that's like a part time job in your house. You don't have to worry about it. But more importantly, the, the website brings the traffic. Everything, see, the websites are, are solving all the problems that people had in starting a business because now they bring customers. So everybody who wants to do something with the dogs are coming to this website. You don't have to go and put, you know, things on the, you know, at the supermarket, little notices and all this kind of stuff. People are coming there every day, you know, to look for that. They, they handle the money. You don't have to worry about the guy's going to pay you or not or whatever. Right. They vent the people. You get insurance. They're, they're, they cover that for you. So all those headaches of starting a business that somebody wanted to, you know, would probably didn't want to figure out at time, it's taken away. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what's so cool, I think, that's happening. Yeah. You know, uh, with these platforms. And these platforms like Uber, Uber has the same value as like a Hertz and Avis together. Mm-hmm. So they're worth 10, 15 billion dollars or something like that. There's yeah. some even say more, 40 or whatever the hell it is. But they only have like a thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Now, Hertz and Avis have a couple hundred thousand. Absolutely. So the jobs, but where are the jobs? So these new companies are not creating jobs, but they're creating income opportunities. There's a million people making money from Uber. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, anybody can. You know, you got right. a, a car, you got some so extra time. Yeah, That's new. It's flexible. You mm-hmm. want to get a part-time job delivering pizza in the neighborhood or something like that. Man, that pizza guy wants you every day, right? <laughs> at certain hours. You know, Uber, what's cool about this is it's applicable to so many, uh, so many different businesses too, because I, I just last week I talked to a business owner 
over in Nashville that's doing this in the lawn care service. So he's he's taken a kind of an Uber approach and said, you know what, I'm going to uh, connect with all of the lawn care providers in this city and mm-hmm. launch a service to where you can hit, you know, you could go to your app and you can look for somebody that, you know, yes. if you need, if you need your lawn cut or you need your, right. uh, your bushes trimmed out front or, or, uh, you know, your, uh, you know, what, ha- whatever you need right. lawn care wise, right. you can just connect with them and they'll have somebody over to your house in, in no time. And right. so it's just being, it's taken that whole platform, that whole model and, and putting it on so many different levels. The the model's doing the work. So you as an independent entrepreneur had to, had to generate the customers, had to generate the, you know, the accounting stuff, generate getting paid and worry about all that stuff is gone. See, that's why it's so easy. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this may be good and bad in society. That's debatable, but it's real, you know, and, uh, well, it opens up. I think it opens up opportunities, just oh, like absolutely. Uber for people that need income. I mean, you think about, you know, the whole landscape of things. Manufacturing is is, uh, you know, jobs are getting uh-huh. outsourced, right. and and people are, you know, the jobs aren't there like they used to. But there absolutely. are opportunities, as you talk right. about. You know, there's opportunities. You just really have to rethink and, and you have to change your whole perspective of this new economy and where, right. you know, where we live today. So, and that's why I'm trying to educate people about that because I know that's fantastic. You, know, you or I or whatever, I mean, the, the, you know, 5% of the people maybe know about that stuff or are hip to it, but, uh, and even smart people I know, or whatever, they sort of know the words, but not really the implications yeah. yet. Yeah. Right. And then you have the other people that are struggling yet in this country that mm-hmm. this will make struggling easier. They're still trying to get that income they need, and they don't learn these new ways of doing it. See, th- there's opportunities in growth. Things yeah. that are shrinking, you know, you're fighting for crumbs with everybody else. Yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, but in, in the growth areas, it's more fun and it's easier because it's everybody's grown. I got to ask you, I mean, where do you get your energy? Because you're, you're what, how, I, I don't want to ask, you don't have to say how old you are, but I know you're, you're what? I'm 72. You, you're okay. So you're 72, 72, but you got, you, you've got the energy of somebody that's, I mean, I'm in my forties. So you've got the energy of wow. somebody in their thirties or forties. be my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I listen to you and, and I mean, what do you do different? Obviously. I mean, I, I, I think all of life is finding what's important to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's it. We're not trained that way we, because we, we're all insecure, so we don't really know what life's about. And, and then we go to school and experts and listen to everybody that's supposed to tell us what to do in life. Yeah. And so I think we lose our inside. And, and really the real answer sure. is both. you got to take the outside and the inside. But I think most of us are afraid of using our inside. And that's what, to me, like the question mark suit. Yeah. Is about this is me inside. Mm -hmm. What is so nice is that I know if people like this, I'm going to like them. Yeah. If people think I'm an asshole, we're saving each other lots of time. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. If I had a fancy blue suit on, this is me inside, and I I wouldn't like you anyway. (laughs) Well, I can I can sense you know from talking to you, you've got a perspective that. Uh, retirement is not in your vocabulary. I mean, well, it, it sounds stupid. Yeah. 
I mean, why? I mean, to me, growing up in the 50s or whatever, and I'm a golfer, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go to <laughs> Tennessee and play golf for the rest of my life. I'm yeah. a shitty golfer. Why do I want to do something I'm lousy at? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really. That that makes you even more frustrated when, you, exactly, when you're done. Exactly, <laughs> right. And here you can find something. You know, it doesn't take, a, I don't have to lift a thousand pounds or anything to do mm-hmm. this. And it's exciting. This is what I think. Having something you think is important to do uh, is the energy, where energy comes from. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to get up in the morning or whatever. And another thing that, and I just did a video on this, I'll probably have up in the next day or two, is about love. Yeah. Man, I see as I get older, love is the one thing you could do harder. I can't run as fast, hit a golf ball as far. <laughs> right. But you could love better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and that you could keep doing forever. And so with your work, what is better to give your 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 talents to other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I like capitalism <clears throat> because getting paid for it shows that it's a value to somebody. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And and that's the key to life is being important here to, to contribute. Offering value. To yeah. Yeah. It's how much can you give before you die? Absolutely. I love that. How much can you give before you die? How, I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah. I can't think of anything better to live and by. What the worst thing you can do is is, you know, you go to your deathbed and you've not contributed a whole lot. You know, right. I can't think not of any anything. Count your fucking pennies every day. Exactly. No. Yep. Or how much more crap do you need in life? I mean, why do you need the crap? I mean, to me, you need the crap and all that other stuff if you're doing something you think is miserable every day. Right. If you're doing something you think is great every day, you're one already. There's right. no goal. Right. <laughs> you've made it. Absolutely. So that's why so many people start business. Oh, I'm going to make a million dollars in five years or whatever it is. Yeah. And most of them don't make it. So you just blew five years. Yeah. But if you wake up, hey, I want to do this no matter what. Yeah. You want that day one. Right. Because that's what you're here to do. You know, but it's hard. We don't get encouragement to live that way. No, no, we don't. Well, I've really enjoyed having you on. I wish we had a little more time. Where can uh, I want to point people where they can find? Now you've got videos up, and I want yeah, people I got on YouTube. You know, Matthew Lesko seventy is the channel, and okay, I got a new website, grantsandcrowdfunding.com. Grants and crowdfunding. Oh, very cool for people yeah. that want to know more about obviously crowdfunding yeah. and and uh, getting an right. idea crowdfunded, uh, or you know, hopefully a business venture crowdfunded. Right. So that, again, can you mention that website one more time? Uh, Grantsandcrowdfunding.com. And you've got another, I'm looking at one, Lesco TV. Is that still? uh, Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I got dozens, but anything you want. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm going to try to put as many as we can up on the page, but I definitely want people to check out the uh, Grants and Crowdfunding. So what are some, uh, what are, uh, what is, before we... um, before we wrap up today, what's uh, what's one crowdfunding you site? Because there's so many today that you're a big oh, fan I know. of. There, there are, and and it really doesn't matter because you go and fail. The most, th- if you're doing something new, just just go mm-hmm. and fail. I mean, right. that's right. You know, for, <laughs> first, be bad. Right. See, we all have to be bad at something, and we're also afraid to be bad. We're afraid so to fail. Yeah. Right. So we don't do it. So that's right. It costs nothing to do a crowdfunding site. So the big three are, are, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and GoFundMe. You know? mm-hmm. And then you have a lot of specialty ones and, 
everything, you know, if you, you need money for an operation, you know, or, or a family illness. And, yeah. and, and there's, you know, there's literally like a thousand of them. Uh, but don't hire anybody, you know. I mean, there are hucksters out there. Oh, you know, I'll get you the big... Uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a big mistake people make yeah. is trying to get people hire people that will help them build a crowdfunding page and right. uh, you if know you, to me it's your heart you know and if you don't get that heart in there and learn and and so you fail what the hell it doesn't matter when you get up there at bat the first time yeah you, know, you strike out what the hell and if you don't do it yourself to understand it that's the only way you're really gonna learn right. And instead of doing it, somebody, I mean, if you have a lot of money and board and fine, I mean, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> a lot of people will take your money. But I'm a, to me, the name of the game is staying in long enough till you figure it out. Sure. And if you start spending money, you're going to be out of the game sooner than. Oh, you no doubt. No yeah. doubt. So you keep doing things that don't cost money. Right. And in today's internet society, there's so there's a lot you can do, yeah, without exactly. spending a dime. Yeah, absolutely, right. I agree. Right. Well, Matthew, it's been a pleasure having you on today. I, w- I want to have you back on again, and and uh, because you bet, well, you gotta coax me, Jonathan. <laughs> I'll try to twist your arm. <laughs> but seriously, and then we we've uh, obviously before the show talked about uh, you speaking at uh, yeah, at my meetup, and and I know you um, you can find uh, Matthew. He's got. We're gonna put some links to some of his. Um, uh, for his to his TEDx and some other things, uh, some other videos that are online that um, you oh, can that listen Vice to. Video is fun too. Which one? The Vice video. It's a YouTube video. Vice. You just put Vice Lesko. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and that's yeah. That, this camera crew followed me around for two days last year. Oh wow! So this is on you. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll look at this and see uh, and put and uh, put the link from uh, YouTube on the uh, show page this week. Fantastic. Hey, Matthew, thanks so much. Again, it's Matthew uh, Lesko, and you can find out more, again, by going to uh, a number of sites that he's mentioned. We'll have them posted on our uh, show page this week. But um, I tell you, it's been a pleasure having him on and uh, really getting some great takeaways on your story, your some of your life lessons, and, um, and hearing more about you. I, I look forward to having you back on there, Matthew. My pleasure, Jonathan. I love someone interested in what the hell I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good to have a, uh, you know, it's always good to have to be able to speak to someone who's who's done all of these commercials. I used to love it. They're they're so entertaining, and um, if you have a chance, you could go pull them up. I, I know all of your old uh, oh, yeah. infomercials. You can put, pull them up on YouTube. Yeah, it's and, funny. Uh, when uh, who was it? Did Letterman die? Well, I think when Letterman went off the air. Yeah. There, I saw my old Letterman shows coming up on YouTube. Now. Oh wow, that's fun. <laughs> How what what was it like being uh, being uh, interviewed by him? Oh, uh, is he a pretty nice guy? He's not personable at all. Oh okay. <laughs> he he I comes mean, across that him. way, but he's not he, really. He never said a word to me off the air. I think. Wow. He was, yeah. Um, no, it's a, just it, when the just when the cameras went live, that's yeah, when he turned he, it on. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sweet enough. I mean, of all the of all, all the uh, up in some way, you know, nobody. Can. So tell me real quick of all the talk show hosts that you had, who was the most uh, friendly and personable? Well, Larry King has been a big fan. Yeah, I can he, see that. I've heard a lot of yeah, people say good things about him. Been, the last time I did him, which you know, and I, I've done him so many times. He uh, in the intermission, he, he leaned over to me and said. 
Let's go. I made you an H. Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> now he's still got his own. Uh, he's got his own talk yeah, show. He's now. got a YouTube channel. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Uh, show. God, he must be close to ninety. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Isn't that something? I love that. I so you're a young guy. I mean, really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got some years ahead. Yeah. No, I figure I got 20, 30 years, and I, well, I'm healthier now. I just came back from running five miles. And You're kidding. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. love that. Sometimes I, love I have to walk fast instead of run you know, yeah. if a pain or so is there. But uh, that is probably the most important thing I've done in my life. Mm -hmm. you know, also is exercising. I was a fat, short, fat kid, too. Right. So I was... I still think take I'm care tough. of your health, man. That's the most one of the most important things. Well, Matthew, it's been fun. Okay, I, I, thank, thank you, you so much. Take I, yeah, take care. Have a great week. Uh, look forward to getting this out. <laughs>